we're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get Get it for for free free. in the app store. Knock, knock. Let me put on my clothes. Okay, I'm ready. Hello? Hi. Um, is your faucet running or are you just horny? I'm just horny. <laughs> Good, because I am too. <laughs> Welcome to Mysteria Gaze. Welcome. I zoned out. I was, I was thinking like, about the women. I was like, is there a delay? Can't know what's happening. <laughs> this is season three, episode two. We're getting we're getting wet. We're getting wild. We're getting dare I say juicy. <laughs> Thanks for always coming in with that branding. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, I am very excited to dive into this episode. We just, we got past the premiere. We're getting into the meat. We're getting into that, that meat, that juicy apple that is going to be season three. Oof. I liked this episode. I had so much fun watching this episode. Uh, my hopes could not be higher for season three. Yes. I'm trying to think, is there anything else we have to say or should we just go in, go into it? I mean, I, th- I think we should just go in. I don't really have anything else to say. Oh, me either. This episode premiered October 1st, 2006, and was written by Kevin Murphy and Jenna Bands, and was directed by David Grossman. For hashtag Sondheim Watch, the episode is called It Takes Two, which is from the Sondheim musical Into the Woods, and I really like this song. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, my, it's one of my favorites. I like Into the Woods. As, uh, in terms of Sondheim musicals, it's, it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And for Wisteria International, most countries actually had uh, the same name of It Takes Two. There was some variance with the new title, The Perfect Couple. Uh, but Italy, as always, is a little different with It Must Be In Two. But weirdly, the UK had a different title. Oh. And it was called Bridesmaids Revisited. Which... Interesting. I think it's a reference to the book Brideshead Revisited, which has really nothing to do with this episode. It's a pretty bisexual book, so we love to see it. But it doesn't relate to this episode at all. I think they were just kind of using it as a bridesmaid's uh, pun, uh, but it did not land for me. No, no. And another awards update. Sorry, I got so much info. Uh, this episode specifically... This episode was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Hair and Makeup. Oh, wow. So, way to go, hair and makeup team. Way to go. You ready to dive? Oh, I'm ready to dive. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Got my scuba gear on. I'm ready to dive on in. Brides aren't sensitive. Do you know that? Do you know that brides are sensitive? <laughs> I didn't know um, that. I'm so glad. And you know who knows that best? The bridesmaids. Oh, God. Um, I would like to just point out really quick before we get into this episode. So it's gonna it's a bunch of scenes 
where like the women are interacting with Brie, but we don't see Brie, uh, but we do see her stand in. And honestly, I love Brie's stand in getting work like this. I did not notice that. I love watching TV and movies and just when it's very obvious that their stand-in is doing that work. Uh, because we didn't see Bree's <gasps> face at all. And I feel like it was her stand-in. Uh, I have to go look at screen caps for that now because I did not notice that. <laughs> so, yeah, we get a couple scenes of, you know, like the bridesmaids interacting with Gree. 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 <laughs> is that Steve Carell's character in... Despicable Me. <laughs> yes, I've never seen that movie. Isn't that his name's like Gru? Name? <sighs> <laughs> I'm the biggest Despicable Me stan. How fucking dare you get his name wrong? Oh my god, I I just noticed you were wearing your minion costume. I love minions. Okay, I'll shout it to the mountaintops. I love minions. Do you love bananas? I, you know, Nihoi Minyoi, I love minions, I love bananas, <laughs> I love Bob, he's my favorite minion. There's a minion named Bob? Yes, there's a minion named Bob. I, thank you for educating me on the Despicable Me cinematic universe. <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome. Anyway, the one area where there's the most tact is with the dresses that the bridesmaids are supposed to wear. And then we get the classic, the classic ugly dresses, media posts or whatever. I don't know why I said that. Classic media trope of the bridesmaids having very ugly dresses, but everyone's too afraid to tell the bride that. Why is that a trope? Because the dresses in movies and TV shows are always like obscenely hideous. Mm-hmm. To where, like, who would actually pick those for people? I guess it's just, like, a straight people thing. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, yeah, these dresses are fucking ugly. They're gross. They're, like, a weird, like, not neon, but sort of bright green. Later, someone refers to themselves as having a key lime ass, which I love. I think it <laughs> yes. might have been Lynette. <laughs> um, I loved that. But, yeah, these dresses are fucking ugly. But you know what isn't ugly? What? us getting another all four ladies scene yes that is true brie leaves the room leaving the rest of the women with each other Mm -hmm. and susan starts talking about uh what happened last time on glee (laughs) detective Suze, she's got her fedora out it's Mm. green this time it matches the dresses yes And, yeah, she starts saying, are we going to talk about what happened with Orson last time? Should we tell Brie or should we talk to her about it? Because she hasn't really talked to us about it. And I'm worried she's making the biggest mistake of her life. And Brie walks in on that. And she's just like, what's the biggest mistake of my life? Hmm? Shink pulls out a switchblade. (laughs) What the fuck is the biggest mistake of my life, Susan? (laughs) Having Danielle, because I already know. All right. <laughs> that was me. Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I The thing is, I don't necessarily hate Danielle. This show just hates Danielle. Yes. And the show is very, very obviously does not like Danielle. She wasn't even in this episode, was she? No, she hasn't been Her, in the last. What? Her mother gets married. Spoiler alert. And she's not at her mom's wedding. Why would she be? Where is Danielle? She's not even a bridesmaid. That's weird. That's fucking weird. People usually have their grown kids as bridesmaids. Where is Danielle? 
maybe this actress was busy. I hope she was working. I hope I hope yeah. Joy Lauren was maybe just off doing a movie or something. I I love Joy Lauren. Danielle, I just have issues with <laughs> Yes. Joy Lauren, we stand you. Danielle, who are you? <laughs> but Susan wimps out and does not mention Orson and instead says it's the dresses. And I actually really liked this Mary Alice line where she says, yes. Women can question many things to the bride, except for the groom. Yeah, uh, I like that. Too. I thought that was a fun, a fun little line. I do also like the play that Susan was lying, but also telling the truth. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun. And then we get the full theme song. My ankles were doing a full 160. <laughs> Not 160, 360. They were going 160. I take that back a full 160. They stopped. Yeah, no, my, my, I was, I was, uh, have you ever seen The Exorcist? Yes. I was, my head was spinning around. I was puking green uh, soup. I was screaming. My cheeks were clapping. I was so excited to have the full opening credits. And then after the opening credits, we get another Marianos monologue, as always, where uh, the perfect couple, we've all met them. It's us. You and me. It's us. You and me. Yeah. Anyone listening to this podcast, you've all met the perfect couple because it's me and Ned. (laughs) uh sometimes like on the road to either meeting the perfect couple or i couldn't remember the metaphors got a little mixed the metaphors got a little mixed because the next thing i have is the road has many detours we're with carlos and gabby and they are fighting over the divorce like who gets what essentially and the lawyer brings up like the baby like, how are you going to be fighting like this when you have a, a baby coming? Which is really weird for a lawyer to say, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he, he kind of rightly fully points out this child's going to bind them together for the rest of their lives. So they have to be able mm-hmm. to kind of be able to be okay, be civil if they want to raise yes. this kid in a good environment. And Gabby brings up how she wants her pearls and Carlos brings up that those were his mom's pearls and so like why should she be able to keep them i agree with carlos kind of weirdly yeah well yeah because it's like it's not her family heirloom it's his yeah so i kind of agree with carlos i hate it when gabby makes me agree with carlos and then we cut to lynette and i wrote mia down because i forgot nora's name classic classic (laughs) you and nora is dating uh like a, a guy named turk and they are all going camping the gorilla, for the weekend. voiced by Rosie O'Donnell yeah. <laughs> in George of the Jungle. Not George of the Jungle, Tarzan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, Brennan Fraser's just always on my mind. Same here. And Tom sees Turk and is immediately like, I don't want Kayla hanging around him. Yeah, I mean, later we find out he's not a good guy. But Tom is, ba- mm. is judging him based on his looks, which is rude. Yeah. But Lynette is happy because Turk is keeping Nora's attention away from the Scavos and keeping her busy. So Lynette is loving this break from Nora she's getting. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Susan and Ian. They are on a date. Yeah. And yeah, I'll have what she's having. You know, she's kind of mulling over what to get and everything is so expensive, but Ian kind of promises her like, it's all right. Get whatever you want. Sorry. Get whatever you want. Uh, and I'll cover it. And I'm a rich man, darling. And so she does. And God, we're getting into it right away oh, with yeah. this episode. Uh, Ian sees Renee and Jeff, 
who are his wife's parents. Yeah. And uh, they come over because they see them and are like, hey, who who is this? And Ian immediately goes, um, this is a, a brain scientist. Dr. Maya. <laughs> and they were like, we just assumed it was somebody you work with, but okay. I love how they're what they point out there was an easier lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he went with the harder one. <laughs> yes. Um, because they immediately start asking questions about their daughters and her procedures. Yes. Which makes sense. And we get sort of a passage of time. And Susan is sort of talking out of her ass, just trying to cover up that she is not a doctor and make some things up. And basically she's able to get herself out by faking a phone call and saying, Oh, there's a, there's a craniotomy and runs away. And that's kind of that scene. Yeah. And then we cut to Brie. She has moved the furniture back and she calls Orson to the room and he's kind of like, Oh, not again, but they start dancing because she, I thought it was like they were going to fuck. They're going to fuck. They need the whole space because it kind of gets wet and wild. That was the joke of her being like, I've moved the furniture. Come fuck me in the living room, please. Like, I thought that was the bit that it was supposed to be sexual. And then it's actually just dancing. The the carpet's easier to clean than the couch. (laughs) I can. I only have so many sets of sheets. But yeah, it's it's for their first dance. She wants it to really be perfect. And, you know. I, I I don't know. <laughs> I found it weird, and I understand that it's probably just copyright, but that they don't have, like, a song. They just have, like, soft piano music. I feel like most yeah. couples, for their first dance, pick, like, a song that's important to them as a couple. Mm-hmm. But not these two fucking weirdos. But Orson brings up, while they're dancing, to what happened at the party. He asks if mm-hmm. she's having second guesses about him because of Carolyn's comments and Bree, as we've said before, has not learned a goddamn thing. Says she believes him, and she will never let a man lie to her again. And she trusts him completely. And I'm like, well, he's he's sketchy, Bree. There's something up. I I did like the dip when she said, "I trust you completely." That was I did some like good that. visual storytelling. Um, but for now, after that lovely dance. We go to that's not the CSI song, but I was thinking CSI. Oh, is CSI <laughs> the one that goes wow when the guy puts yeah. the glasses on? Yes, SVU, I feel like also fits. We go to the cops and they are talking about how the body was pretty perfectly preserved because it was buried in clay. And the woman died by blunt force trauma, Mm -hmm. but they can't identify her because all of her teeth were pulled out. Sounds like a fucking dentist to me. Sound. That's true. I did not. I did not think of that. I immediately thought, like, who the fuck would know how to pull teeth? I mean, I guess anyone if they really. I mean, that's a horrifying thought to me that I hate. I don't like teeth, uh, teeth trauma stuff in movies. Uh, But, you know, uh I don't know. I guess my brain went to dentistry because Orson's a dentist and I'm just yeah. I'm suspicious of him. Well, that would also make sense. Um, do you want to hear my the thought I had when this happened? Oh, is this a prediction corner? Yeah, because like I feel like they're trying like they were trying to make you believe that like this is Alma. Yes. Right. I was like, 
what if it's not Alma? What if it's her twin sister? Oh, that's some soap opera shit right there. What if she was twins and her twin is dead and Alma used that to like run away? Ooh, I like that. That was my original thought. That's a good prediction (laughs) corner. We love to see it. Anyway, I have a little fun fact. Okay. So the, the detective, this cop... Did he look familiar to you? <laughs> Two times in a row I've asked this. He did not. Well, if he looked familiar <laughs> to anyone else. He is the uber-talented Ernie Hudson, who has been in five bazillion things, but I think most people, including myself, know him as Winston and fucking Ghostbusters. Oh! He's like one of the main four busters who busts some ghosts. And he's even reprising his role as Winston in the new Ghostbusters that's coming out later this year. But he's, other than Ghostbusters, has been in a million things. Uh, And I I just think, I love Ghostbusters, so I just think that's cool. And uh, I hope he's a main player in this mystery, because it was fun to have him around. I'll be honest with you, I've never seen the original Ghostbusters. It's pretty fun. I saw the second one first, really, when I was a kid, and it was like a very horrifying movie for me as a child. Isn't Sigourney Weaver in the second one? Or is that the yeah, first one? Yeah, but I think she's in both. She's for sure in the second one. She's like a, she's okay. a big plot point. Also, Ernie Hudson was in the, you know, the, the all-lady one that came out in 2016? Yeah. I love that movie so much. Uh, he plays Leslie Jones' character's uncle. Oh. And it's sort of it was sort of referential to the fact that he was in the original Ghostbusters. So he was Hell also yeah. in that one in like a short cameo. I think Sigourney Weaver was as well at the end uh ghostbusters movie night yes hell yeah so that's it the, the two episodes in a row we get like pretty famous people just gonna these random roles which i love yeah and then after that wild scene we cut to nora very upset mm-hmm. uh lynette comes and she's like what's wrong what's wrong nora and we find out that turk and nora had a fight yes and this is when we get the the bad juice. The bad the, the bad Turk. Turk juice, yeah. Um this scene is wild. I really didn't like Lynette in this scene. Um because I get that you don't like Nora, but you should not encourage her to stay in this relationship because Turk uh threatens to hit her. Yeah. <laughs> and Lynette's like, "Well, he didn't." And it's like, "Lynette, queen, no." Yeah. That ain't the point, Lynette. And but, um, like she lists some other bad things that he did that night as well. He's just a bad guy. But yeah, and Nora says that she called his parole officer to say that he's like out of Nevada. Is that what she said? She did. So then, where the fuck is Fairview in terms of Nevada? Well, if it's if it's Illinois, uh, see, I've always assumed it's Illinois based on the clues we yeah. have so far. I've assumed it's close to Chicago because of the fact that Chicago people Mm -hmm. are around that's a long way away for him to go especially if he's on parole jeez louise yeah but you know what i i i'm glad that she got out me too me too me too yeah i remember how last episode i mentioned i have a conspiracy theory about nora that i never mentioned it yes i do i've been wondering (laughs) it's because i was thinking about this episode because in this moment is where my conspiracy theory came in about nora because i was watching 
Nora like fall into Lynette's arms and I went enemies to lovers question mark and when you were mentioning like what does Nora get out of this I'm like what if she's in love with Lynette (gasps) and like what if it's like it's truly enemies to lovers it's like she doesn't know how to express her attraction to Lynette so she's like fighting with her because she's jealous of Tom being able mm-hmm. to be with Lynette and uh, I just was like oh, maybe let's be the episode nominee for Nora in this scene because I think what if Nora is hanging around so much because she's secretly in love with Lynette I love that I love that thought that's I my agree. conspiracy Lote, theory Lote nominee Nora oh I never thought we'd get here <laughs> And speaking of lesbians, I'm a lesbian when I mm-hmm. see Edie in this these panties, <laughs> this situation. Edie Britt, but also, like, so does she hear, like, a noise? Yes, she hears a noise in, in the middle of the night. And she pulls out a shotgun. I, I, I assume Brie was done with hers, and instead of chucking it in the trash, she just gave it to Edie. She gave it to Edie. Uh, and I would say Lote nominee for absolutely her this like <laughs> these panties and bra with like the, it looks like she looks like a fembot from the fucking first Austin Powers with that little yeah. what's it called like I don't even know what that type of lingerie is called but it has that silk kind of dress look to it yeah. and uh, yeah the shotgun it's just such a good look on her it's like a measure of sheen robe yes it's so good it's so good um she goes downstairs and there's a a boy in her house we find out this is austin her bad boy nephew with presumably a heart of gold (laughs) (laughs) that prediction corner that austin is a bad boy with a heart of gold (laughs) i do i think the casting is really good here because he's like gorgeous and blonde and i would absolutely believe he is related to edie Britt. yeah just like the way they look together is like that it's just like one of the best castings i think they've done in terms of relate relations like related people mm-hmm. um i think that like he looks a lot like her I, I was like oh i buy that this is her nephew for sure yeah and edie like cracks open two cans of beer and and we find out that austin's gonna be staying for a little bit yeah well he thinks he's gonna go off to mexico or something and she's like no stay here and i like it when they let edie be like mature and because i Mm -hmm. think she is like a grown-ass woman so i like when they let her be like a voice of reason and she's like no just stay with me until stuff with your mom blows over and just hang out in fairview because you know we gotta have a new we don't have john tucker anymore so we need a hot boy we need a hot young man we don't have andrew either we don't have any of our hot young (gasps) men no (laughs) we need hot young men in this neighborhood and we don't have any twinks because justin's not around no i think austin's kind of a twonk for sure oh yeah he has big twonk energy i will say throughout this scene i was very worried that edie was just sitting around in lingerie in front of her nephew there was a cutout where i saw she's wearing pants but she still is in Mm -hmm. like a bra in front of her nephew which i was like that's a little weird and then we cut to the solis household uh zhao is bored same but ding dong ding dong also sorry gabby was making a bunch of fat jokes about jamay and i'm like she's pregnant she's literally a pregnant person what yeah i just thought that was weird gabby come on girl yeah carlos comes to the door and he says that the mediator was right uh they have to start getting along if they're going to bring a child into this world so he gives Mm -hmm. gabby his 
mom's pearls. And he's like, okay, what do I get in return? And she gives him a kiss on the cheek. He like makes her. <laughs> That's weird. Gabby wiping Carlos off her mouth, lesbian of the episode. <laughs> Yes, yes. Gabby's like wiping away Carlos. And then she also invites him to the wedding to be like her plus one. Yeah, they're doing the reception at the Solis house. Yes. That's intense. How big is their fucking yard? They had the birthday party back there and now the reception. It's huge. I mean, they got the, they got the space. I mean, spoiler for alert! It. Later, when we see the reception, I was like, it's "How huge. the fucking how fucking big is that backyard?" I feel like we've seen the backyard. Wasn't there a party there? Am I crazy? In season one, the, wasn't there a part where John Tucker was like running through the yards and he ran through theirs? I think so. But also, remember the time that George got pushed into the pool by Rex? Mm-hmm. That was in their backyard. So they have a pool, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe it was. Maybe No, it was. Because then Gabby went up and saw her birth control in that same yeah. episode. Because then she came out and screamed at Carlos. I just feel yeah. like their backyard is not big enough to host a reception if it has a pool that big. But that's, mm-hmm. you know, a suspension of disbelief. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go for this. And then we cut to Ian and Susan. Mm-hmm. And I had a theory in this moment that Ian is kind of just like the guy version of Susan, which is why she kind of likes him. <laughs> Really? Because he gives me he gives me that vibe a little bit in this scene where he's just kind of like panicked about everything, but also nothing. Because <laughs> he he's talking about his wife's parents and how he couldn't really tell them because he panicked and he thought that they would be devastated. And Susan also goes, is it that? And also you feel like you're cheating on your wife? And he goes, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm cheating on my wife. And she feels the same about Mike. And she suggests going back to just being friends. And I really liked this from her. I thought mm-hmm. it was really mature. Her being like, I just don't know if I'm ready for this. So like, I, but I think you're a great guy. Let's be friends. Like I was, I was just, I thought this was a very mature move on Susan's part. And I really, really liked this for her. And then Ian goes, I'm sorry, but I can't be your friend. So I guess we'll just be nothing. Okay, men be like that. Come on, men, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was a moment where I was like, he felt very Hugh Granty to me. And I was just like, yeah, uh, uh, Susan, I, I, I can't do that, can I? Like the kind of like stuttering, bumbly British guy is very Hugh Grant to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, they really were like, yeah, just just do Hugh. And that's essentially that scene, mm-hmm. right? Because then we cut to Julie, Queen, baby. She's hacking. She's she's sweating. She's hacking into her computer. Oh wow, wow, wow. She looks so fucking old. I know we said that last episode, but goddamn, she's gotten so yeah. big. It's and she's blonde now. Is that new? I think that is new. She hears Austin's music, to which I say, Edie's house is distinctly all the way in the cove. It is like a mile away from Susan's house. How did she hear the music that loud all the way down the street? She has hypersensitive ears. She's a bat. She's part bat. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she hears the music. She stomps down to Edie's house and... Austin, our new teen heartthrob, walks out without his shirt on, and Julie Ooh. is horned up <laughs> immediately oh, for him. Yeah, uh, um, she's gonna fall for this bad boy with a heart of gold. But I mean, they're polar opposites, Ned. She's a good girl who always does her homework on time, and he's a bad boy who doesn't care about school. But not only that, 
they're they're the real Romeo and Juliet because Edie like their their uh parental guardians hate each other. Okay, later at the wedding, I thought because there was a scene with Austin and Julie immediately follow and then immediately afterward a scene with Julie or, wow with Susan and Edie and I was like are they paralleling the love story <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean yes I was just like oh the parallels <laughs> but yes they are they are really they are new I mean we had Daniel and Matthew were our Romeo and Juliet last mm-hmm. season and now we have Austin and Julia as our Romeo and Juliet this season yeah and you know I'm glad that we have another teen heartthrob and I'm mostly glad that they are putting him with another teenager <laughs> yes and not with a grown woman yes and yeah that's what we get from that scene like they do they do a little back and forth of uh you're so annoying anyway i have to go home put a shirt on by the way <laughs> i loved it i'm excited for julie to get a little bit more scenes a little bit more like stuff oh, to do yeah. julie with a romance i'd love to see it because we kind of had her and zach but like this one's fun because mm-hmm. austin's hot so that means it's more fun <laughs> we then cut to lynette making the seating chart and tom sees that uh she invited nora yes and lynette wants to put nora at a table full of single men to try to just like pawn her off on somebody else so she'll leave her alone again yes and tom says why are you putting her at a table full of all of my co-workers or my ex-co-workers <laughs> yeah and he's just mad about it but lynette is like uh suck my ass and deal with it find new friends and that's basically that scene yeah because then we cut to susan she goes outside and she sees orson cutting off like those just married cans that people put on the backs of cars with like a knife he just pulled out of nowhere he was cutting with the wrong side of the knife i was like dude what are you fucking doing (laughs) but i mean props to him that he actually was able to do it yeah like i like cutting with the blunt side to prove my own strength (laughs) but um yeah he just like has the knife and they make eye contact and she's like something's wrong i have to go i have to go see uh laurie metcalf laurie metcalf and that's exactly what she does absolutely we find out that laurie metcalf otherwise known as what's her name in the show Uh, carolyn bigsby or (laughs) the big the bigs the bigs we find out that the bigs works at a bank and yeah susan goes to be like hey I need a hundred dollars in quarters or in pennies and I need them all hand counted and I need them unrolled. So please tell me about Orson and his wife. And she kind of spills the tea and says that when Alma disappeared, the police found nothing and not just like no sign of a body, but like found no DNA, nothing that would ever indicate that Alma even ever existed in that home. And Carolyn thinks that no one would clean a house like that unless they were hiding something, which is valid. (laughs) That is valid. I also think, I do think that this is a red herring. We're seeing that Orson is a cleaner. Like we're seeing that a lot already. And like he said it in the last episode, but he, when he's stressed out, he cleans. Yeah. So I think it's a red herring. I'm inclined to agree with you. I'm inclined to agree with you. But it's still, even if it's a red herring, it leaves the question, what happened to Alma? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I'm intrigued to know. I feel like there's a lot of layers to this mystery. And I think that's a reason why it's already better than last season's. Because last Mm -hmm. season's was like very cut and dried. You know what I mean? And once we figured out one piece of info, we got the whole thing, basically. Yeah. This feels like there's more happening. And there's a scene later that I love that complicates it even more. Yeah. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of layers to this mystery. And that's what makes it very good. 
Yes, I agree. And then we cut to the wedding, and the ladies are in some sexy dresses. Yes. We love to see it. I guess they got new dresses, which I love. They're gorgeous, like this deep purple. They're very pretty. Yeah, and the three women are kind of gearing up to talk to Brie about Orson. Yeah, because Susan, I think it kind of carries over, right? Mm -hmm. And Susan says more info about it, that Orson was the only suspect in the case and he never got charged because a body was never found mm-hmm. and that's a i think that's a big plot point for later the ladies kind of agree that they need to warn her yes and that's exactly what they do they warn brie brie is kind of like how dare you do this to me right now this is my wedding day and i trust my husband and I think it's Susan who says this, but they're like, if you have absolutely no doubt in your mind whatsoever, just say it right now and we'll leave you alone. And Brie says that she has no doubt whatsoever, but kind of lingers on her as the scene ends as if she doesn't quite believe what she just said. Brie, don't marry someone you have any doubt that they might have fucking murdered somebody. Brie, my queen, come on. (laughs) I want better for you. Yes. So Brie walks down the aisle. I actually thought the sound design of this was fucking cool because it starts with the wedding march, the typical wedding march, but then the kind of desperate housewives intense music plays over it and they mesh and then it just becomes the intense music. Like that, that musical transition was really, really cool. The music's been really fun this season so far. I feel like uh, music is good when you it just kind of adds to it. But sometimes when I notice it, I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's tasty. And Brie actually pauses the wedding, takes Orson aside, and just straight up is like, did you kill your wife? Because there's information that my friends found out that you left out, and I feel wild right now. I feel I feel like I'm, like I'm going crazy. Like, what's going on? Did you kill your wife? And he's embarrassed. He, he mentions, like you said, that he, when he's upset, he cleans, he swears he didn't kill his wife, and they proceed to get married. Yeah. And then we go to the reception. We see that Nora is surrounded by men, uh, and we very quickly find out that she hates all of them. She walks up to Lynette's table and is like, I don't know who did the seating chart, but they're a fucking idiot because I'm stuck with a bunch of losers. <laughs> That was very funny. And she decides that she wants to stay with Lynette. Get it? Because she's in love with her. It's my conspiracy theory. That was very funny. I thought it was very good. And that just added to my theory. That's all I that's all I think. And we cut to Carlos (laughs) saying that he hates wearing a tux uh, because him and Gabby are talking about Bree's racist family members, which I absolutely don't doubt that Bree has racist family members. Mm-hmm. And how they think he's a valet because he is a Latino man <laughs> in Ostox. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of that scene. Oh, no, Carlos is also really touched that Gabby is wearing his mother's pearls. And Carlos gave kind of a look of like, oh, she must still love me, huh? Which I think gets kind of confirmed later. I really liked the flow of the reception just because everybody's in the same place. So it's not super sharp cuts all the time. Sometimes it's just like flowing around. I like that as well. I like how Edie was invited to this wedding and also was just like, yeah, I'll bring my nephew. (laughs) Yeah, why not? (laughs) Maybe she had a plus one and she, it seems like she really likes her nephew, which I think is cute. Mm -hmm. I like when they let Edie be a good person because I love her. And so Edie's here with Austin, as we said, and, and she kind of, I guess she just didn't know that he had met Julie already. So she 
tries to take him over to introduce him to Julie. And Julie makes like some wild comment that's like, yeah, I already saw him without his shirt on. Like being kind of snarky to him and walks away. And I thought it was funny of Edie being like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> like to Austin. And this is the moment where, you know, Austin and Julie have that little kind of face off, flirty face off. And then Edie walks past Susan and is like, Susan's like, good to see you, Edie. And Edie's like, fuck right off. And I was like, yeah. I'm connecting the dots. The parallels <laughs> between Austin Julie and Susan Edie. I'm connecting them. <laughs> but then Susan goes up to Gabby, right? Yeah, Gabby and Carlos. And she asks them if they're getting back together. Weird. And Gabby says no. Carlos says yes. <laughs> and then Susan's like, bye. <laughs> yeah. And then... We see Ian at the wedding. How? What? 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 Why is he there? Did he follow her? Like, how does he know where Gabby lives? I didn't like this at all. No, this is why I think he's a creep. He started to make up a really weird long lie. And then eventually was like, no, never mind. I just found out you'd be here. And it's like, how the fuck did you know? How did he know? How did he know? How did he know where to go? I'm just really confused. He's crashing this reception for Susan, and I just am confused how he found out. This this does have major creepo vibes. Mm-hmm. And she's already said she doesn't want to date you. So why are you here in front of her friends being weird? And it gets even... I hated the bit later. Oh, me too, me Fuck, too, me I hated too. It. it was, like, too long. It was way too long, and I hated it so much. But for now, we have to cut to Lynette watching Carlos... And being like, hmm, I see something here. Nora! <laughs> and she she pushes Nora and Carlos together, and I threw up. <laughs> well, well, he's, <laughs> out of shock. Another little tiny, tiny bit I loved is that Carlos is upset because Gabby was hitting on some guy named Tad. But yes. Tad is gay, so he's gay the episode for me. Yes. But, yeah, the Nora and Carlos together, what a, what a curse. What a curse for my eyeballs. They're so horny. They were so horny for each other. They were making out on the dance floor. Also a thought that I had. Mm. Brie Hodge is a bad name. It is a bad name. I, I literally wrote in my notes, Brie Hodge, grody. Like, <laughs> Brie Vandekamp. A fucking yeah. immaculate name. Are we... Do they expect us to call her Brie Hodge from now on? I guess. Brie Hodge Podge. Brie Hodge... <laughs> It's a it's a bad name. Hodge is a bad last name. I'm sorry if your last name is Hodge and you listen to this podcast. I'm sure it's very good on you, but I think that Brie Hodge just isn't as iconic as Brie Vandekamp. Mm-hmm. And also about the... Sorry, my brain is everywhere right now. Did you notice that Nora's dress was, like, fully unzipped while they were dancing? <gasps> I did not. I will pull a screen cap for you. While they were dancing and grinding, Nora's dress was just, like, fully unzipped. I saw her bra wow. and, like, her whole side. Like, they were just, like, getting naked. Well, that makes sense to why Gabby rushes over and starts beating the shit out of Carla. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as they're fighting, Xiaomei wanders in and we find out that her water broke. Yeah. It sounded, the sound effect sounded like a fucking ocean fell out of, of Xiaomei. <laughs> I've, I've, you know, I, maybe I'm wrong if you've given birth before. Please correct me. <laughs> maybe don't. I don't know. But I've heard that it's not that much water. I've heard that, like, mm-hmm. breaking, your when your water breaks, it's not, like, a fucking 
bathtub full of water falls out of your body. Uh, but, you know, I've, I have not given birth, so I might be wrong on that. But uh, the sound effect was very funny. Yeah, I think I've heard that some people are just like, yeah, it just feels like I peed myself. Yeah, it's not like... Mm-hmm. But we cut to later. So I guess they went to the hospital with Xiaomei because we don't see that till later because we're still at the wedding, I believe, right now. Yes. And they're finally having the speeches. I feel like that's late in the night for speeches. Mm-hmm. I thought Tom's amniotic fluid line was really funny. Yes, me too. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. But the toasts are about to end when Ian speaks up. He's got to talk. He's got to talk about his good friends, Bree and Orson. And he starts this, like, really long analogy, just really talking about him and Susan. And it's gross. And should we get into detail on it? I I hated it. I thought it was really annoying. And then, like, Susan does a speech that's in response to him. And then he does a speech that's back. And then at a a certain point, everyone in the room realizes they're talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Because they're not slick. Because I remember Tom at one point is like, do you want to... You want to just want to say something or like, like I think that eventually everyone figures out the two of them are talking, but what happens basically as they do these weird speeches, pretending to talk about Orson and Brie, uh, is that they decide to get together. I guess he convinces her over the course of this, of these speeches. I just thought this bit was way too long and I was not compelled by this relationship enough to be interested in it. So I was just like, please stop, (laughs) please stop doing this. Uh, I did also like Tom's line at the end where there's like that weird silence and then he goes, all right, let's dance. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Tom, because you remember he emceed the fashion show. I like that mm-hmm. he's like the MC of the neighborhood. Yeah. I think that's fun. I, we forgot to say this earlier, but there is a, a scene, like a quick scene where Gabby finds out it was Lynette. Oh, yeah. Who set up Nora and Carlos because this next scene you're right there's so much happening in this wedding it's like hard it was hard for me to pay attention but uh, the next scene is gabby and lynette talking about what just happened Uh, yeah because i think lynette goes to meet gabby at the hospital right yes yeah yeah. this scene Lote nominee (gasps) i also i also wrote that down i also wrote Lote because they were being really tender together Mm -hmm. because lynette is Lynette apologizes to Gabby for doing that, but also is like, I'm so fucking desperate to be happy. (laughs) I have not been happy in so long and it is all because of this woman. And I am so worried that my anger for her will bleed into Tom and that that will just fester because I have nothing to do about it. And Mm -hmm. Gabby is really sweet and immediately understands and says, Hey, you two are soulmates. The Scavos are going to survive this. It's going to be okay. And it was just really yeah. tender. And I agree. Loat. 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 Uh, and then we go to the cake eating. We go back to the reception. And the cops come in. And they go, we need to talk to both of you. Which I found this was weird. Like, why do they need Bree to go with Yeah, but I feel like they would just be looking for Orson. Yeah. But, you know, they're married, so they got to do everything together now. As of three hours ago, yeah. <laughs> they need Orson to confirm if a body is his wife's. So they go down to the morgue. They show him the body. He says, no, that's not my wife. And they bring in the Biggs. The Biggs, baby. And the Biggs comes and she puts on her fucking sunglasses. She goes, oh, you didn't think they would trust your word, did you? And she fucking punches him in the <laughs> face and she does a backflip. She lights a cigarette. <laughs> 
Where's the body? Yeah, she puts it out on the body. <laughs> and then as she's putting it out <laughs> on the body, she looks at the body and goes, that's not Alma. Ooh. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Carolyn claims he's still guilty. And Bria's like, get the fuck out of here. This is our morgue. Get the fuck out of here. And dude, on the way out of the morgue, fucking Orson stays, speaks in French, says, I believe. He says, tu maman, Monique. And I Monique. looked it up <sighs> and it's tr- it, uh, tu maman means I miss you. So he oh. said, I miss you, Monique to this body who the fuck is monique monique is the actress twin sister (laughs) oh i love monique she's so good um as an actor but she's not in desperate housewives um oh so is this i mean is this where the twin theory happens do you think monique is her twin but i mean if if this was her it it can't be an identical twin if so oh yeah because then carolyn would have recognized Mm-hmm. yeah i mean that that, that that's, know. you know that's fully i think that's still realistic i think that but clearly orson knows who this woman is he knows yes. her name fucking lying by okay. omission ass bitch are you ready for this I'm ready. Oh, prediction corner prediction corner twin still okay orson twin having an affair oh orson the tw- i thought you were saying orson was that was orson's twin and i went what no <laughs> okay Orson and the twin, Monique, okay. having an affair. Okay, okay, okay. Alma doesn't know this, but finds out in the altercation uh, when she's about to leave him. Okay. Uh, something happens. I don't exactly know what. She is out. Orson, no. Monique is there. Monique dies. Alma runs away. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, I still think Alma f- faked her death. I have That's my thing. one more wrench <laughs> to throw into your prediction corner. Okay, okay. What does Mike have to do with it? Because Orson ran over Mike for some reason. And Mike recognized Mike? him. Do you remember that? Yes. And clearly, I think if Orson had a prison record, the cops would have mentioned it by now. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of gets rid of our original assumption about that moment. If you don't know, that's okay. Maybe it was back when maybe it was back when uh, Mike was a was a bad boy. Maybe. Maybe he ran into Orson doing doing something. Or I don't know. Maybe Orson was doing stuff before he was a dentist. I don't know. I gotta think. You gotta on think. That I just more. was like, okay. I gotta throw that in there because the whole reason why Mike's in a coma is because of old Orson. Yeah. That's true. But in between these sort of cop morgue scenes we get one more kind of important scene as we go back to the hospital i knew they were gonna do this you did you felt it i knew i felt it in my bones jamey is delivering the baby gabby and carlos forgive each other when the baby comes out we see that the baby is black which means that gabby and carlos are definitely not the parents i i did think maybe gabby could still be the mom if maybe the sperm got mixed up uh, but we get, I started asking a million questions as to how this was possible. And then we immediately get an answer with the yeah. man from the fertility clinic coming in and saying that apparently the embryos were switched. So the Jaume was being a surrogate just for a different set of sperm and embryo, sperm mm-hmm. and eggs, I should say more so. And the, so that means that these other people's, surrogate got impregnated with the solis eggs and sperm but the baby did the the pregnancy did not take with that other surrogate so there is not another baby for the solises to take 
So is the original family taking this baby? I assumed so. Because it is. I mean, I think leak. I think that I'm sure there's some shit they've got to work out. But I think legally that's their sperm and eggs. So I think that that's because, their baby. Because it was so unclear for me. I was like livid that the Solises were like, well, <laughs> I guess we can't keep this baby anymore. Uh, uh, because like just because it wasn't said. Yeah. And so like I, I just didn't understand like what was going to happen. So I was just like, you're just giving this baby up. I thought that. Just because. Yeah, I thought that it was that they like it's not their baby so they can't keep okay. the baby and i think that's what i got from it at least because that's why they were like well where's our baby and and when he told them like it didn't take i don't know at least that's what i got from it is that this other family is going to take this baby and that the solisas will have to try again mm, okay. that's what i got at least that makes that does make sense but gabby's pissed I about it did not know yeah um, and then we get that kind of cool ass morgue scene and then we cut back to the Solises arriving home and they're sad. Yeah, they're sad about not having a baby. But I think this is a good thing. Yeah, because then they don't have to be bringing a child into this world while also be going through their very messy divorce. And Carlos mentions that. He's like, you know, maybe yeah. this will just make it simpler. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, that sucks that they didn't get a baby. But I just think that... I think this is good. This family that we assume is still together and is, you know, it's probably like, can you imagine like if you were, if you thought that your stuff didn't take and then you find out that you actually do have a baby in this world? I bet that's such a fun thing. Like I, like this, this baby gets to go be loved by this family that really wants them. And, and Carlos and Gabby don't have to bring a baby into divorce. I just think it, I think it's a win-win. I understand that they're sad and I understand that they, Maybe part of them were looking forward to it. But I, I, Mackenzie, am glad they don't have a baby tying them together anymore because I want them mm-hmm. to go off into their different directions. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I'm at with the Solises. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. I had the same thoughts. And after this, we kind of go into the end. Yeah. Have you met the perfect couple? We already answered this, yes. Yes, we have because it's uh, us. But yeah, we kind of go, we kind of see all the different couples basically and how they're all going through a lot of hardships right now because no one's perfect. The only perfect Mm. couple are the two on top of that wedding cake because they're fake. Because they don't look at each other. That was, I didn't get that, but okay. I just was more like, oh, it's because they're fake. And then it was like, I I didn't get the not looking at each other thing. Maybe it was a little too cerebral for me. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the epi. This was a fun episode. It really was. I'm enjoying this season a I lot. I think my favorite part was that morgue scene. That mm-hmm. mystery, that taste, that tasty, tasty mystery. I loved it. Guess what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to think about the mic wrench. And I'm going to come up with a theory that'll blow your pants by, off. By our next episode? Mm, yes. All right. Come up with that mic theory. I want my pants to be blown. Before we go, though, we've got to name a lesbian of the episode. We've had quite a few yes. nominees. I think we had, uh, oh, my God, Gabby in the beginning with that kind of messy outfit. We have Edie mm-hmm. in her lingerie with a gun. We have Nora being, in my opinion, secretly in love with Lynette. We have... 
Oh my God. Uh, Lynette and Gabby. Lynette and Gabby having a tender moment. Was that all the nominees? I think so. We're, our bucket is full this season so far. Yeah. Like four noms per episode so far. Who are you thinking? Who are you vibing with? Oh God. Oh God. I see part of me wants to go Gabby Lynette because it was really tender. But also I love Edie, but she won last episode. I think I'm going to get rid of Gabby in the beginning. I think I'm between okay. Nora and then Gabby Lynette. Those are the two I'm between. Who are you, who are you into? I like the idea of Gabby and Lynette. Let's go Gabby Lynette for lessons of the episode. It's a pairing we rarely see. And it was tender as hell, dude. Hell All right, yeah. so let's be into the episode for episode two is Gabby and Lynette being tender and in love with each other. Woo! And with that, we have been Wisteria Gaze. If you want to find us on Twitter or Instagram and come say hi to us, you can do so on t- at Wisteria Gaze on Twitter and at Wisteria Gaze underscore on Instagram, as well as our website, wisteriagaze.com. And on that website, you can find a link to our merch page. And to our Patreon. Our Patreon Woo. is great. Help support the show. Help support us. And, you know, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you get some really cool perks, like ad-free episodes, yeah. uh, episode notes that mm-hmm. we do, and shout-outs. So we want to take the next minute to shout-out our patrons. Shout-out to AJ, Annie, Cheryl, Elise, Helena, Liv, Lydia, Nadia, Sarah, Tom, TK, and Vincent. Thank you so much for being our patrons. We love you so much. We adore you. Your support, it just means the world. And it it really does ensure that we can keep this podcast going. It is so helpful, so lovely, and we love you. You know what else I love? What do you love? Reviews. Oh, fuck, dude. Reviews make my day. They make your day. We love reading reviews, and they help people find the show. They do. At the end of every episode, we like to pose a question to get those reduces flowing. And at the... I started tripping over my words. And we're going to leave all that in. I think the question for the end of this episode should be, who would be your your plus one to Brie Hodges wedding? <laughs> I think my plus one, I'd bring Carolyn Bigsby yes. <laughs> just for the drama. I'd be like, do you want to crash this wedding with me? And I would bring the bigs. I would try to stir the pot with uh, with Carolyn at my side. And also, what a great date. Lori Metcalf. Yes. She can get it. I'm not afraid yes. to say it. So, yeah, I would bring Carolyn Bigsby. I would bring. My answer is also to stir up drama oh. just because I'm curious. I'd bring Ashley. <laughs> the ch- the child. Yeah, when you're not as not as like a not as a date. I would just bring her. <laughs> I can't even respond because I love that answer so much. I just want to know what she knows. <laughs> I hope she comes back in like season eight, and she's like the big bad of the whole season. Yes. She's like, I've been watching this whole time. (laughs) Through the windows. (laughs) Through the walls. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, when you leave us a review, tell us who your plus one to Brie Hodge's wedding would be. Thank God. Guess what, Mackenzie? What? 
I love you. I love you too. Everyone else? <laughs> Stay juicy. Stay juicy. Why do we have to leave all of that in? <laughs>